episode, we find out meteorites are the new superfood. Smallville is the land of the weird and home of the strange. Lex is checking out high school newspapers, and Clark can't get out of his own way. This episode is Craving. Hi, I'm Lou Gonzalez, and with me as always is Barbarossa, Alan Muir. Hello! I'm trying to do my best, Mr. Doubtfire. <laughs> I definitely got it. Um, this was a really interesting episode for many reasons. It had a sex offender. Yes. The first Which something, was... something that should not totally not be in this episode. That part confused me because wasn't he a college professor? Yeah. No, no, so... no, no. I think he was... He may have been, like... Because that was the part that confused me. If he's a college professor, then the youngest a student could be is, like, 17. Like, it's still not good, but you wouldn't be a registered sex offender over it. Yeah, but, because there's that throwaway, throwaway line of Lex saying, you're so-and-so so relationship, and yeah. and, the, and the lines, do they have you, are you, do they have you registered? Yeah, he said that's small, you have you registered. Oh, but this episode is like yeah, completely. There, there is a lot going on in this episode. Well, one, I guess to start off, we have probably, in retrospect, maybe the biggest cameo in this entire show of like a future person because we have in the mythos. Yeah, like as as a freak of the week, we have someone who's like a very young actress who's going to be nominated for an Oscar and then end up playing Lois Lane. Yeah, and when I first found out about it, I was so mad. And that she was playing Lois? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind her in that. She's the least offensive thing about those movies. Yeah, but it's... She's a little too good. I mean, maybe, <laughs> and, and Man of Steel, how she... How quickly she finds out... How quickly she tracks down... Oh, Clark and all yeah. that stuff? Yeah, I don't but mind the idea then, of her. Then again, I was comparing that to the uh, Christopher Reeve Superman. And lo- and then that that movie Lois Lane has is a terrible writer because that that movie got ruined for me by the honest trailer. Oh yeah, well that's the whole problem, which I don't mind. In I ran out and talk about this episode right now, but like I don't mind the idea that Lois finds out that he's Superman because if she's supposed to be basically the world's greatest reporter, like I don't, there's no comparison to her in real life, but she should be able to figure that out. Like he's so bad at keeping that secret. So unless she's like, she can't be both like a Pulitzer prize winning, like multiple Pulitzer prize winning reporter. And then be like, Oh, the guy standing next to me every day. I can't tell that he's this other guy who I see face to face all the time. Yeah. Uh, Those two things like never work, which is why I think in most of the time, whenever they have Lois, not knowing it's like a really hard thing to write around. Because the the only way to do it is to make her absolutely a moron. True. Also, uh, we only have about we we have officially hit the two ten mark. We have two ten left. Then we're done. Then this Herculean task is finished. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so many. Yeah, but I think we're close to the halfway mark of season one. See, this was episode seven. No, we're a third of the way. This is a third of the way through the season. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to this episode. I actually think overall it's a pretty good episode, but our meteor freak of the week is Jody, played by Amy Adams. That's correct. The actual Amy Adams. Um, we start her off where she's in a pretty terrible looking fat suit, and basically everybody at school makes fun of her. She has eating problems, 
and she's at home making something that I guess was weird in 2001, but you basically pay up the nose for today, which is like a kale shake or a veggie drink. Yeah. Like, it was really funny watching that. People are like, oh, it's like today everyone was like, oh, where did you get that? What did you put in it? How much ginger? Like, how much kale? It was just such a good different thing of the time. Jody drinks her meteorite veggie drink. It starts working very fast. She's made fun of at school. Pretty much immediately after that, we see that she's losing. She loses weight. So this is like Jody 2.0, where she's like not skinny, but she's kind of where I think they show she lost like 20 pounds in like a day, something like that. And then the immediate ins- the insane thing about this episode, Amy Adams, like she looks good in this in this episode. She looks better in Man of Steel, and that, that was like a decade. And this, that was like a decade later. Yeah, I know. I actually should look up and see how old she is when this is filming. Because I actually agree with you. Her, I mean, it sounds weird, but her eyes looked weird. She was born in 1974. Oh my god. She's she's like 44. Yeah, so she was 27 in this episode. Um, She looks... She looks way younger. She looks like she's younger than everybody else in the show besides Pete. I would say of all the characters, Pete looks the youngest. But yeah, she's older than Rosenbaum. Man. That is crazy. I guess back to the plot real quick, though. So we see her get skinny after her day of school getting bullied. Pete stands up for her. The next day, she comes back. She's thinner. She asks Pete out. Pete's kind of stunned. And they decide to go to Lana's birthday party, which is kind of our, kind of hits with our first two B-plots, which is the main one, Lana's having a birthday party. Her aunt's basically taking it over and going full super sweet 16 on the whole thing. They even rented out Lex's castle. And then the other part of it is that we get the return of Whitney, because I don't think we've seen him in, like, an episode or two. And he's here for, like, five minutes, where he basically got a tryout for Kansas State University. It's more of a, hey, babe, later, babe. Yep. He's just like, oh, can't go to your birthday party. Like, Or he actually says, like, oh, I don't know if it's your birthday party. And she's like, no, go. So he's there and gone. This opens up the door for Clark. And it's kind of implied, I think, that Lex may have something to do with why Whitney got the tryout. It's not explicitly said, but I think even Lana gives him the look of, like, did you have something to do with this? He all but confirms it. Yeah. He even makes a comment about it. All right. And his, like, or, or I mean, his line of saying your cur- current escort to your party is better than the one who would have been. Yep. Referring to Clark. The other B-plot I kind of want to leave on the back end toward, till after we go through all the other stuff, because it's what I really want to get into. Um, which is the Lex side story. But back to the main plot. So it's another day of school. Jody goes home. She is loses. Now we have like 3.0 where she's basically actual Amy Adams, no longer wearing any sort of suit. Um, her dad has to go and leaves. And then he leaves the house. She literally eats everything in their house. And what I yeah, I just wrote down I, as, just a just a stoner montage. It's or, like, no, but she attacks food like a rabid raccoon. Like, she's not eating, like, whole things. She's ripping things open, like, buns for hot dogs and just shoving them in her face. Like, it must have been both fun and disgusting. I really hope they didn't have to do more than one take. Well, if you notice, they don't show her, actually, they they show her, like... Put stuff I, in her mouth, but she never swallows anything. Yeah, and also, there's a certain line, you, they, there's the way that it's shot. You don't see her, you see, like, her chin and stuff. You don't see above that. Oh, so it might have been, like, a double? Yeah. Okay. It was still, like, it was just, like, a funny way to show, like, somebody, like, star- like like starving. Like, it was, 
nonsensical eating because she was like ripping through stuff but not finishing anything she was just like no 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 like cookie monster style like that's how it looked like like she was completely just like throwing food at her face and then it's most of it's hitting the floor yeah and then she does the part where everything starts to go wrong she gets yeah. in, she gets in the car starts driving hits a deer and then uh she turns into a monster an actual it, monster she like it doesn't look like she inhinges a draw but otherwise it doesn't make any sense like, her mouth opens, like, a good foot and a half wide. Yeah. But, like, as they kind of show it later on, she is, like, a leech. Just vampires, they're fat. Which, again, this is, like, our second vampire-esque episode. So we had the heat vampire, and now we have, like, a fat vampire. I think that was actually the term. Yeah, that... Chloe says something like that. Yeah. Um. So, basically, oh, yeah. and she, she... Uh, some just Lana's party... Uh. Pete and Jody are going together, so she's trying to lose weight, so she'll be... Well, she has a crush on Pete. I think... I don't know if I would say crush. Like, Pete was nice to her, and she just wants to go to the party. Oh, right, yeah, she wants to go to the party. She likes Pete, though. I think it's more like, oh, Pete was actually nice to me when I looked, like, how I looked before, so I know he's a good person. Yeah. Like, it's not like, as much as she has a crush. Like, it's not like a Clark Lana thing. He was... He... He was extremely nice to her at a wor- at a time when she considers her worst, and uh, even at the end of the episode, near or near the conclusion of the whole s- of this plot, she tries to she has, she has the choice to devour him or spare him, and she spares him. Yeah, I actually thought that was a really good like she was. She had morale morality. Yeah, she was really good in this episode for what they gave her, and I think that's that kind of sequence shows like she was doing a lot with something so ridiculous yeah and also every the previous every every other meteor freak just once they get the power or get the ability or something they their minds just they just go bongo yeah they just completely go she full actually villain. retains her 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 mind yeah which I, she only i found that fascinating yes because she only goes after which we're basically kind of getting to she only goes after one person specifically but the next part is uh chloe walks in on clark peeping and she calls him out on it and then she gets him to use his connections as a farmer to get her into the like the fish and wildlife place because there was a newspaper article about a deer that died of unknown causes yes clark i like clark's uh comment looks like jerky yeah, yeah. So that's basically how we see, like, oh, all the fat is gone, and then, like, but I love how Clark breaks into a door. He literally just like smashes his finger through like the middle of the doorknob. Yeah, and you see a tiny thing fall. Yeah, he just knocks out, which is not if you've ever like had to set up a doorknob. Like, there isn't a thing like that. Like, it wouldn't yeah, work that, that way. It kind of. Yeah. I think it would actually be harder to get into the room. Yeah, like that's not like he'd be better off if he just like broke the doorknob off. But then I guess you'd have to explain breaking the doorknob off. But either way, it's really ridiculous. And I thought it was funnier that Chloe's like, oh, am I like uh, walking into your Lana stalking time or something like that, she says. Yeah. And do you think we get a lot more play of like Chloe's kind of the... Someone actually calling him out on the whole thing. But Chloe's kind of the odd man out in the group at many times because even when Jody asks out Pete, Chloe's again, like we saw in Cool, like, are we serious? Like pete's even getting a date like what the hell is going on yeah so she's kind of like because it seems like pete knows that she has a thing for clark so he's not even trying so she's like double friend zoned let me see so 
while that something is going to be shoehorned in next se- next season. Yes, yeah, I know. There's like a they they start getting into all that stuff with the their relationships. The next bit we get is Clark is being Lana's assistant, and she basically gives him the story of her last birthday with her par- uh, with her parents. Yes, with her parents at a drive-in, which was actually a good scene. I do think uh, Kirk does a good job throughout the series. Like whenever she's on, when she's not doing ridiculously dumb stuff, she's fairly good when she's being a normal human. Yeah. And then. The next thing we get is it's now the third day in school on this episode, and Jody says that she has the stomach flu. And then as she's walking away, we see the guy who was bullying her before, Dustin. and she yeah she gives him like the come hither eyes, and they takes him to the boiler room of the football field. Uh yeah, and he thinks that he's saying like, oh you didn't. I hope you I you know that I didn't mean anything I said. And she's she just going down like going through everything like going yeah. down the ladder of how she he made her feel and then yeah, she and, says, like she he made her want to die rather than be fat yeah and as weird as it is he's like really handsy on her like yeah. he's full up his hands are like all up on her crotch which was really i guess interesting in a oh yeah this was a like primetime tv show in 2001 and these are two again like high school freshmen at least she is, because she appears to be in Pete and Clark's, like, in Chloe's, like, grade level. But yeah. I do think this is also the first time we see or get information where, like, Whitney's definitely much older, besides, like, the pilot. Because the pilot, he's obviously not a freshman, but if he's looking at colleges, that makes him a senior. So he's three, three and a half years older than Lana. So technically their relationship is, like, he's got to be close to 18 and she's, like, 15. I never really thought about that until this episode, that he's yeah. also kind of... Creepy. Yeah. I don't know. I know How that there was made. Yeah, I know that happened in my high school with like a couple people, but like it's still weird. But I guess as long as they're still, I guess you can kind of write it where he's like young for his grade and she's old for his her grade. So maybe they're like they're only like two years apart. So he's like a young senior. So he's like gonna turn eighteen like at the end of the year, and she turns sixteen like right at the start of freshman year or fifteen. Still weird. But this is basically when we get to the end, like you were talking about. Chloe's weird at lunch. Uh, I mean, Jody's weird at lunch. Chloe figures everything out, basically, like she does in every episode. Jody doesn't want to eat Pete, who shows up to bring her to the party. They have that awesome scene. She then, she can't control herself and attacks Pete. Clark shows up. She runs away into her garden. Clark runs in there. Of course, meteorites everywhere, which makes Clark weak. He gets completely owned by Jody. Yeah, with the trouble. Yeah. And then she blows up the greenhouse by hitting pipes with a shovel. What? Well, like, she was a, she was breaking the pipes, and she was going to let the. Uh, yeah. The, what is she lighting on fire? Like, what pipes are pumping in gas into a greenhouse? That's a good question. Yeah, like I don't. I'm like, wait. She broke up these pipes. So, like, do they have like natural gas pipes in their greenhouse, and for what reason? And they're everywhere. Like, she hits. They're like. Un, they're like. I guess they're like. Is it like chemicals are spraying on her plants? Like. They don't explain it. It's just like a pipe that starts leaking gas and then kaboom. We also got a Walking Dead uh, look-alike scene. Uh, I don't watch that show, so I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, in season two, there's a fight with uh, Shane and Rick. He and Shane throws, tries to throw like a big, heavy, like blunt object at Rick's head. It hits a, uh, it hits a window. And he sees the him like a bloody himself. Blood, Shane sees himself bloodied in the shattered glass, and it's sort of what happens with 
what Jody tries to do, or Jody's mindset, once she sees the glass, and what she tries to do. Yeah, yeah. So like she's kind of already like like seeing that she like being skinny didn't help her, and she just is again suicidal because that's what she's doing. She's trying to kill herself, and I guess she would be knowing that she would kill Clark too since he was there. And it's also the exact same kind of thing, but in reverse of what they did with um, the X-ray episode with Tina. Yeah. Because she does it and she goes evil. And this one, she goes from being crazy to, like, deciding not There's to. There's no redemption. But, yeah. But although she did not kill the other student, he's in a coma. So she's not a murderer. Yeah, and she, she did. She uh, she was going to eat Pete, but Clark came in to foil, her, foil the, the plan. And all he got was just his head slammed on the... He got uh, a concussion, but they didn't... I don't think they really knew what that was at that point. Yeah. But I guess to wrap up the main part, um, as the building is exploding, Clark does something that we don't see on camera. Yeah, it's happen- it happens off screen. I, I would assume he, like, super speeds them away because his shirt and everything is fine, but, like... Pete comes outside when he hears the explosion. He gets woken up. Well, here's can I can I just explain my issue mm-hmm. from if you look, if you sort of create like I sort of had a map of, in my head of like it sort of of the layout of like the area yeah, a layout and from where when you when you leave the house the greenhouse is sort of like a di- diagonally away and Pete exits the house and Clark and Jody are behind Pete. So I don't know how he did that, with how they got there without Pete not seeing them. I guess, like, because I completely agree with you. He would have either had to walk past them, or Clark moved them there after Pete came outside. And even then, so Pete, like even, even just, then, Pete would have had to have felt the wind. Or yeah, I don't know. The, like, it's a, it goes to what you were saying before we started. Like, this is kind of Pete looking like, what the hell just happened? There's no way, like... He makes a face where he's like, you guys weren't there a second ago. Yeah. So my only thought is that, like, Clark covered her, and then once the initial explosion is done, he sped her out and just was there to get be close to Pete. But, like, still, like, Pete's just like, yeah, you guys were not there a second ago. Um, so the last part of this episode, again, Clark flaked on the party. Lana and Lex have their first kind of thing together, and there is kind of a moment between them which I think is them kind of like slowly planting the seeds because that becomes a thing. And then Clark talks with John and Martha and then decides to go to see Lana to try to fix something, which in that moment we did get a really good couple of lines from Jonathan and Martha. Yeah, about sacrifice. Yeah, they're like, if you're going to lead this life, you're basically like sacrificing a bunch of other things. And then Clark says, well, maybe I don't have to sacrifice that and it's not this time. Yeah, we also get, um, which I passed over earlier, was when Lana showed up at their house and kind of walked in on him just nonchalantly talking about... Oh, yeah, knocking out some granite. Yeah, and then turning around. So this is also like, so Pete and Lana both kind of get little... Glimpses. Things, yeah. Um, But he does show up, and then he basically set up a drive-in movie at the farmhouse. Like the barn, I guess. Yeah, and it's of the... uh... Same cartoon, the Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah, high-driving hair. Uh, that's oh, high, the end. high diving here. Yes. And that's the end of the episode. The one part we, we skipped over, which I want to get to now, was kind of the C plot of this, which is Lex's story. So oh, this, I think this is 100% this... after you told me, I think it was either in the first or second episode, 
about the rumor that Lex has meta powers, I was like, oh shit, this is like exactly what they're setting up here. Yeah. And I never noticed this before. Basically, Lex is talking to his, I guess, general doctor. Uh, uh, I think it's a company. Physician uh, or something? Or insurance check? No, no, it's a physical. Okay. And basically says that his white blood cell count is up and goes through and basically Lex has never been sick. He did have asthma, but the asthma went away the day of the meteor storm. So that, and then he wants the doctor to run the test, even though the doctor doesn't think it's necessary. But the doctor does imply, like, this would be weird anywhere but Smallville. And does, like, the whole, like, people think that everything bad happens here is because of the Luther plant. Then we see Lex looking up the Smallville Torch website, which yeah, was really well, weird. It's, he looks up the Torch, it's, it's a, right after the uh, deer guy. Yeah, incident, yeah. Yeah. So basically after Chloe would have written their piece on the her piece on the deer. And he he tries to go, to meet her. And yeah, he ru- he runs into Clark at, at and they he's and Clark and uh Lex discovers the wall beard. Yes. And he basically tells Clark that like that day changed him. Like he wasn't the whiny little brat after that. Yeah, he wasn't that, a spoiled rich kid. And that he used this thing as a strength and not a weakness. That he was different. Um, we do also get his first, the first mention of Chloe's dad, Gabe, who is the guy that runs the plant. Yeah, and there's also the first mention mention of uh, Lex's mother. Yes, and we do also get more. He tells Chloe, "Oh, let me know what you're doing in the summer. I have some ins at the Inquisitor, which is a callback to Roger from I think a couple episodes ago. Was it X-ray? Yeah, again, yeah." Chloe reveals that basically no one be- believes in this except for her and Dr. Hamilton, which then we see Lex go and meet Dr. Hamilton. He does that twice in this episode. Played Joe- by the incomparable Joe Morton from Blues Brothers 2000. That is the worst thing to possibly give as his first credit. I know. I, I just said... I, 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 like, I, I've seen that movie a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's also known for... He's not... He, he's a fellow... DC Cinematic Universe guy, yes, he was in Batman v Superman, and Justice League as uh, Silas Stone. That's Cyborg's dad, for the less nerdy. But I would say his biggest kind of nerd credit is that he was Miles Dyson in Terminator 2. And he was also on Eureka, on the Sci-Fi Channel. Okay, I never, like, I know that show, but I never watched that show. It is, it is, it has a lot, it, it has, it's another show that has a lot of geek cred. I felt like, uh, yeah, I think I, I remember that one. That was like one of the stages where like sci-fi would have like a really good show and they would run like two or three years and they would cancel it. Oh no, uh, Eureka ran for like four or five years. Oh wow, they got lucky. Sci-fi usually doesn't uh, give shows that much time. Yeah, they killed Stargate Universe. And they killed Alphas. Oh, they only man. got two seasons. I love that show. But oh, uh, going back to just a quick going back to the main plot of the episode. I was talking to uh, I was posting in the Phantom in the Phantom Zone main. Pod chat, and Arlen said that basically just posted that whoever did the lighting for Amy Adams should have been fired. Oh, for this episode? Yeah, based based on the way she she looks. Oh, so he ended. I didn't know he ended up actually watching it. That's funny. No, no, he just looked at pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah, she always looked like she had bags under her eyes, so they were giving her a lot of like bottom up lighting. Yeah. Which, I don't know, maybe they decided, like, that was the best way to make her look more sympathetic. Because, like, when she puts on that red dress, like, at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, like, the Amy Adams, like, smoke show that we see in, um, oh, man, what's the movie that she did with Christian Bale? It's awesome. 
I think it's what she was nominated for. I have no clue. I, that, the only movie, of, aside from her DC stuff I've seen, has been uh, Arrival. She was in a Disney movie as Enchanted. Well. Yeah. Uh, American Hustle is what I was talking about. Is that, you, is that the movie with, Him and the Rock? No, it oh, is. Oh, no, that's the movie Wahlberg. No, this is Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, yeah, that's the movie where they it's made it. It's like in the 70s, and um, Bale and um, Bale and Adams are like kind of con people, and then Jennifer Lawrence is, I can't remember whose wife she is. Oh, she's Christian Bale's wife, but Amy Adams is like his partner, and then Bradley Cooper is like a shitty FBI agent, and then Louis C.K. is his boss, and then Jeremy Renner is like the mobbed-up mayor of the city. There's like a ton of like Michael Pena's in this movie. Um, De Niro is in the movie. Well, Pacino, he's in everything these days. Yeah, no, he's not in this one. De Niro's actually awesome in it, but like it's a really this is the movie she got nominated for. I think Bale got nominated for. Bale put on like a ton of weight for this one. This is the one where he's like all fat and he has the terrible comb over. Okay, yeah, I think I've heard of this that movie. So to get back to the actual episode, the second time Lex meets, well, Lex meets Doctor Hamilton the first time. Kind of says, like, I'm interested in the meteorites. He gets, he kind of blows him off and then gives him one of the meteorites and Lex leaves. Then later on, towards the end of the episode, Lex comes back and we get to reveal that the reason why Dr. Hamilton, who is like someone that worked, I guess, at NASA and worked on moon rocks, because he's a mineralogist or something. Yeah. And he didn't get ousted from everything because of his work with the meteorites. He got, uh, oust- he got ousted because of a relationship with someone who was on un- for. Apparently underage. Yes, uh, a student of his. So Lex doesn't sort of blackmail him, but he does cut him a hundred thousand dollar check to like further his research and also to have access to it. And this actually is my favorite scene of this episode, and only because of like one line that Rosenbaum delivers, which is when he goes like, "Oh, this could take years." You know, that's what um, Hamilton says, and Lex just like leans into him and goes, "I'm a patient man," and then just like backs up and like walks away. And I was like, oh, that's like one of the few times, like one of the early shots of like, again, like Lex being this kind of. Like being him from the comics. Yeah, like it's not like he's sinister, but in this like quiet, calm, like really um, like present. Like it's hard to say, like he's not wahaha mustache twirling. He's like, I can destroy you. I will destroy you if I need to. And he even says like, oh, why do you like Hamilton is like, why do you want this stuff? And he says, I only reveal that to people I trust. And then just like it leaves. Yeah. It is. I think it's like a great scene of early Lex. Um, so that also goes into like he's my, I guess, best performer of the week as well. Mostly because we also don't get much Jonathan and Martha in this episode at all. They're only in like two scenes. It's going to be a while, but I can't wait till we get to the uh, until season, I think, five or six. Where is, that, is that when he gets taken over by Zod? Uh, no, that's the beginning. That is the beginning of season five, I believe. But no, but no, I'm talking about the the epic scene where he's in hit the special thirty one something uh prison he has for metas or meteor freaks. It's just it's the episode with the uh, the race. It's a it's a racial. Uh, I don't remember this at all. It's the episode with the uh, farmer who was who can like burrow underground. Yeah, I'm like completely drawing like a blank, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. It's it it's 
He just simply looks at, he looks at the guy who's suspended in dirt, or suspended in the ground and everything, and if the AFI's Krayloot starts playing, as he's, and as he's slowly walking away, it's a pretty awesome scene. Okay, I'll have to... It's on YouTube. So, basically, that was the whole episode. I already gave, I guess, my favorite scene and my favorite performer. What were yours for this episode? My best performer was actually was probably Amy Adams, which which means I've done a full three six a full three sixty or no full one eighty on on her. Yeah, to quote uh, Ma Kent in Justice League, she was the thirstiest reporter ever. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite scene from this episode? Probably the final, the last scene with, uh, or the scene with Lana and Clark in in the drive-thru, or in the homemade drive-thru. Okay. Or drive-in. Did you have a worse scene or sequence in this episode? Because I know I did. Uh, yeah, when she hits the deer, because that is the worst CGI deer I've ever seen. That is exactly the same for me. Yeah, I looked at that and I actually started laughing at how bad it was. Yeah, it looks like, it looks like. Like I want to see that scene, but instead, but instead of her hitting the deer, uh, the deer she hits the Col- the Collins bear, <laughs> and I want the like, music to be playing too. Like they could have done better if they literally had like a guy wearing all black, like holding and walking like a like cardboard deer across the street. Like it was the like, it was like straight, it was like PS one graphics at best. Uh, but again, what will I guess they replaced it with, I guess, like a dummy or like a taxidermy deer when she got down to it. It was only when it was moving. It looked so bad. Yeah. Which I guess goes to like looking at the effects. I feel like it's like was, it's starting was, to get we're starting to go downhill. Yeah. I, it's anytime they have to use some sort of CGI type stuff, like non-practical effects. They just always look terrible. So like the fat suit looked pretty bad in the episode, but I actually thought the when they were making her like kind of shrink, it looked really good. Like yeah, the uh, kind of transitioning effects of that. This I like when they do episodes like this where they do genre episodes, where it's like superhero meets horror, because that shot of Dustin looking emaciated. Oh yeah, I immediately thought of like thin. Uh, like that's all that came to my mind is like the the thinner movie or well, book and movie. The Stephen King one? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he looked... Uh, it was definitely not the same actor, but, like, whoever it was looked great in that, like, emaciated makeup. I guess it was also good because we only got to see it for, like, four seconds on the screen. I think he said, like, three words. No, he, only, sa- he only says, help me. Okay, so he says two. But, yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah, and the thing with practical effects, the less, the less you see them, the better they are. Yes. I don't think she was connected to any comic book character, really, from what I looked up. So there's no real origins or anything. The only Easter egg I really had, which was when um, Whitney shows up for his three seconds, something somebody says something, and Clark's response is like, oh, Scout's Honor, and then like walks away, which was obviously like a reference to him being the big blue boy scout. Oh, yeah, it was Scout's Honor. Yeah. But like every, nothing else really was like kind of like deep. Uh, I've got some goofs. Quote, to quote IMDb, when Jody is making her shake, she adds some ingredients, blends them, then adds some more, but does not blend them again. However, when she pours the shake, there are no large lumps in it. And when Clark and Chloe begin their investigation on the deer, when Clark pulls the blinds, you can see the shadow of the crew equipment on the left side of the blinds. Oh, I didn't notice that. I noticed Chloe's shadow. I was like, why are we seeing her shadow on the blinds? Uh... Lex's letter from Metropolis has a state abbreviation of KA, printed with one capital, one lowercase, 
No U.S. state has that abbreviation. Yeah, because is Kansas KN? No, K- Kansas is KS. KS, okay. So they probably had some Canadian in Vancouver make that prop. And the last one, in one sampling shot of the Smallville High School, the building's actual name, Vancouver Technical School, is still visible on, on its uh, front. Okay, you did remind me, uh, there was one other thing I saw, which was, so this is our first time seeing the Smallville Torch website. That website was actually active during the show. Yeah. And they would update it. It's down now, because obviously... Uh, the show's been off the air for almost a decade. Yeah. Um, the other thing was, this was our first lowest lane from something else in the series, and it's the newest lowest lane, so it wasn't one that it just so happened that she would become lowest lane, while the other two cameos are from people who were lowest lane previously and then the lowest lane of this actual series who who were the other oh yeah kidder and terry hatcher and then durance who actually played lois in the series wait terry hatcher was on the show what yeah se- it's what it what season she played ella lane in season 10 episode abandoned so maybe she played lois's mom that uh, I, do- I haven't seen that season 10 since yeah, because uh, it's terrible so i'm guessing she played lois's mom because she couldn't play her sister she's way too old yeah, and I just find it funny that... Oh, she's only 10 years older than Amy Adams. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, this is just a fun fact. Did you know that Casper Van Dien and Dean Norris are only five years apart? Wait, what? You've seen... Uh, you Have you ever seen the movie with Casper Van Dien where he's with the bugs? Uh, what is it called? Uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, yes. And ha- you have you seen Breaking Bad? Yeah. Remember Hank? Yeah, the cop. Yeah. Or the brother, right? Yeah, yeah. He's him and Casper Van Dien have are only their age the age difference between between those two was only five years. And they were both in Starship Troopers and they had a scene like they had a scene and you could you someone you'd believe that he, the gap is actually wider based on how Dean Norris looks. Well, yeah, because he's he's like a commanding officer or something. He's even above uh, what's his name that voiced uh, Ironside. Yeah. Not no, not Ironside. What's his name is also in that movie. The um, he voices Mr. Krabs. He did Suther. He was oh, a Punisher. Um, was he the Kurgan in Highlander? What the hell is his name? He does so much voiceover. Oh, work. Clancy Brown. Yes, he's like Clancy Brown superior, I believe. Wow. In Starship Troopers. I really hope some listener. Actually, I hope someone actually enjoys this little Starship. Yeah, this is talk. like a crazy tangent. Okay, let's wrap this up. I guess I will read. The thing for next week's episode, Jitters. Earl Jenkins, Tony Todd, claims as violent shaking disease is a result was a result of illicit experiments in level three of Luther Corp. Lionel denies that it exists, so Earl takes a plant tour group hostage. Lex offers himself in exchange for the hostages. Oh yes, yeah, this is the first time we see Chloe's dad as well. And I he's believe. played yeah, and he's played by a former Stargate SG one alum. Oh nice. I watched that show a million years ago and I I think I only made it like two or three seasons. I love that show. I love that Stargate Atlantis universe. I bought the comics. Oh, wow. how much I love that show. So, plugs, if you want to, go ahead. You can follow me on Twitter at the Muir. You can follow me on Instagram at ComicsBoy. Uh, next month... Wait, when's this coming out? Like, a month from now. Okay. By the, t- <laughs> by the time this comes out... uh. E3 will have come and gone, and Emmett Watkins, myself, and Hunter Devonport will be doing a very, will be doing a E3 Fallout or E3 
postmortem ep- special episode of Video Game Hour. So look look for that on lossaro.wordpress.com. You can find my writings on lossaro.wordpress.com, and you can find other people. You can find Lossaro podcasts on lossaro.wordpress.com, and that's it. All right, and I'm Lou A. Gonzalez everywhere. Pretty much don't use Twitter, but you can see me on Instagram. I think this will come out right around when we did uh, the movie reviews for Fantastic Four and then The Incredibles, where basically I had to try to defend the Fantastic Four because I didn't think it was as bad as everybody else. Yeah, I it's like... not great. It's not great, but it's not. It's it, not. Daredevil. It has some good. It has some good bits. Yeah, it's not the Fox Daredevil. It's not either Ghost Rider. It's not Spider-Man 3. It's not X-Men 3. It is definitely better than those movies. Well, Invisible Woman is... Yes, she is terrible. Yeah. That's like the entire podcast is basically being like, well, she's just... Everything about that, how they portray that character is just really bad. But you can go listen to us all talk about it. Um, oh, don't forget to to join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash phantomzone. We talk about comics, we talk about comics media, and don't forget to listen to the Phantom Zone podcast, and also in the summer, we're going to have some a special set, we're going to be doing a special thing for the group, since they've been, certain people in the group have been asking for it since we launched the podcast, so oh. more on that to come. Yep, and you'll see, well, where there won't be any other CW ones, but there'll probably be a Luke Cage show around this time, because that comes out soon in a couple weeks. As everyone has given up on Supergirl, including yes. including myself. And me. It's sadly very bad. But that's pretty much it. We, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. I'm Luke Gonzalez. I'm Alan Muir, and this podcast stands for Truth, Justice, and the American Way. <laughs>